The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. The Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Brad Coyman joins us with Coyman Kame at Goddess Sioux Center, Iowa. And always as we have Brad on, we start out with the livestock side of the trade. And now Brad Cattle Market. Surprising day. You said some stronger cash markets late Friday. Did that kind of carry over a little bit into today's trade, even though we've got some bigger lists coming at us? I sure think so. Um, I, you know, I think that, um, you know, while the cash cattle last week were still lower, um, in some cases sharply so, because basically the north here traded cattle for the most part closer to a dollar ten. Um, yeah, but I think what the, what the kind of the excitement got to be was, um, when late trade on Friday afternoon, uh, where you had one particular packer, uh, you know, buy a few cattle as high as 113. Not very many, uh, not very many at all, but a few cattle at 113 had everybody just a little bit, you know, got, got their juices pumping here, obviously. So I think that was part of it. Um, now I, I, I don't want to be, you know, uh, Debbie Downer, but I, I think that some of the, you know, I, I heard a little bit of chatter from, from some of the people that thought that maybe this China's uh, sanctions or this retaliatory sanction, that that was part of the reason because they thought that it didn't include, did not include beef. I'm not sure that that's accurate. Um, you know, and if you think about it, uh, it's just until recently that China was talking about starting to directly take some beef, and it's only been a trickle uh, anyway. So, um, you know, there, there, there's uh, there's a fair market to the Pacific Rim, of course. Um, that's always been there, you know. So anyway, the demand I think on the on the beef is still as good as it's been, uh, probably at least from a global standpoint. Domestically, demand would typically slow up a little bit this time of year. Um, I think you asked me something about show lists. Is that correct? Yep. Where we're sitting on those show lists on a Monday. Mondays. What's uh, one of the things we talk about on a Monday? Uh, you know what the what the what the clearance what the meat clearance was for the weekend, and what the show list looks like for this week. Those of us at least that are still. Uh, dumb enough to think that the fundamentals make a difference um the show lists are bigger this week and they're bigger everywhere um nebraska colorado texas kansas um significantly uh, significant numbers particularly in kansas um so the also along with that uh, what's also way up which is uh, always frustrating to me disturbing to me uh, is the number of committed cattle uh which of course limits how many cattle that uh, the packer has to go out there and compete for uh, that's way up again too. So I, I, I don't have a real robust feeling for cash cattle this week, um, and I guess most of the people that I talk to don't either. I think it'll probably be a little lower again this week. I'm also expecting huge kill, uh, probably the biggest kill, maybe of the whole year this week, uh, maybe as big as six seventy. Um, so we'll see. Uh, big kill is actually a positive. We need to. We got a lot of cattle out there, so we do need to keep them all moving. Uh, so let's keep an eye on how good that, uh, how big they get that kill done. Could we see some increased support for the feeder cattle market as the week goes on? I think one of the things that you've got, um, you got a cheaper feed grain thing going on with corn. But as you and I visited off air, you might have a little risk that there are some areas here that desperately need some rain. That if we if we see some extra movement of feeder cattle because of that. You know, more of the the southern the the plains the wheat country uh, might that might impact them. But um, typically, this would be the time of year where the feeder cattle would 
uh, have a tendency to gain on the fats, especially. Uh, typically, that would last all the way until really the first of August. But um, you know, with a little help with cheaper corn, that should should benefit us. Um, we're going into a ton of supply on these live cattle, though, so we have to be a little careful. And ramping up, Fourth of July is just around the corner. This would be the week um, where you know it takes it takes about <clears throat> two to three weeks procurement time. So if you kill a steer on Wednesday, um, you're going to have that thing, you know, basically trying to get into the, the, the food chain by 4th of July week. Um, there is a bit of a beef feature for 4th of July, but typically it's a hamburger hot dog deal. Uh, Father's Day saw a pretty good feature, and they tell me that clearance was pretty good, not great. There's a lot of places where it was very, very hot, uh, which might have limited a little bit the incentive to grill. But um, uh, typically now you'll go into a time where the where the the middle meat, the high price, the strips, the ribeye type things will typically struggle. And this is nothing new. This happens every year. Um, uh, so the next, in my estimation, the next significant movement on the boxes is probably lower. But yeah, the packers are windrowing it. I mean, they can give a little back here if the boxes do break some. There's probably still plenty of money to go around for him. Let's look at the hogs. We got some good news, as you put it, finally for some of these pork producers. Yeah, it's been a struggle. You know, we've been trying to, you know, get ramped up for this recovery rally back to the eighty, you know, low eighties in the summer, and now we've got it. Uh, uh, I think the news is okay yet, but I'm afraid that it's it's a little bit uh, short-legged. I mean, it's not going to last forever. Uh, I think the reality of, of big numbers is still very much out there. Um, I guess I think the summers, you know, priced where they are. I'm talking about the Julys and maybe to a degree the August. I'm not so scared of that market, but uh, for our hedge crowd here, I'm trying to get them uh, for the late summer, early fall, you know, in other words, the third and fourth quarter. I think the guy has to start looking at using this rally to get some marketing done. Uh, We just got a lot of meat we got to work through, and particularly an awful lot of hogs we have to work through into that time slot. So maybe we take advantage of this rally and get a little bit of marketing done here. And I'm sure the heat all across the U.S. has dampened when it comes to seeing that demand move across the meat counter. No question. Um, And in a way, some of the seasonality of this year's meat business has been a little weird. Uh, Very, very, very late, you know, developing spring, and then it feels like we never got one. And all of a sudden we went from that to this extreme heat, and it does make a difference. Um, uh, You know, I mean, in terms not just of the, 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 the... the, the ribeye on the grill thing. Uh, it also makes a difference in terms of who wants to, uh, you know, put a roast on for three hours when it's 97 degrees outside. Um, so uh, it, it gets summer every year. I get it. But, you know, this one's a little quicker than, than some have been. And uh, we'll see. At this point, we've hung in there pretty good. Stick around, folks. Final bell coming up after this on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Brad Coyma is joining us. Coyma and Kamig in Sioux Center, Iowa. As we hit section number two, we look at this grain market. And obviously, there's been some interesting happenings for them. I want to start with the soybeans because you talk about them hitting a drop, blowing through some numbers. So the big question is, is there hope as we move into the rest of June? Oh, well, yeah, of course. Um, you know, I mean, we do have a planning intentions report coming here at the end of the month. Um, uh that you know that could change things a little bit uh grain stocks as well you know one of the things that you want to be you know sensitive to when you're talking about the beans particularly you know whether or not we've got this acreage number 
uh, figured out here yet where there seemed to be at least, you know, some you know, some areas where that planting got real late in terms of corn, and then some areas too with even the small grains where there was some talk about shifting some of the small grains back to beans. Uh, but you know, the one thing that I think is 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 what the market's about this time of year is the weather. And uh, um, yeah, last time I checked, and I am a farmer, uh, you can't raise a crop yet um, uh, in the middle of June. Um, so you know, even though I think one of the larger reasons why the market's traded so poorly. Is is uh, uh, you know worried about tariff and retaliatory tariffs and yada yada, you know I'm not sure that equally uh, difficult for our marketplace has been the uh, the fact that for most of the of the, of the growing conditions and most of the big part of the growing area have been very very good uh, a little late starting but you know warm and lots of moisture so I, I, you know it's the crop condition issue that that continues to pressure us for the most part I believe any frustration fears with the whole China debacle continue to go on with tariffs and what it's going to mean to soybeans well it drives me nuts as an analyst and anybody else that's in this business and somebody that's trying to merchandise you know their own product too uh, it, it's um, it's a little discouraging we've talked about this basically since last uh, november when he got elected or two novembers ago i beg your pardon um you know at this point the markets have really responded very well uh, we've actually been able to, you know, shake off this worry and fear, and and I guess I'd like to think that that's the way this one will go as well. Um, I, you know, I, I think you do have a trade partners there, particularly with China, that they need an awful lot of what we have, and that's uh, protein, that's soybeans and soybean meal. Um, so, I, I, I guess I think. I think that we can survive through this deal, but the problem with the deal, Susan, whether you're talking about cattle or you're talking about soybeans, uh, uncertainty is almost always bearish. And the reason is because the long speculator is uncertain on what the news is going to be, and so he stays out. Uh, so the the, the, you know, the commercial, the seller, he's there all the time. Um, so that is a problem. But I, I would say, you know, is there hope? Well, a market that broke a dollar thirty a bushel here, and just in the blink of an eye, and you know, there's bound to be a little bit of weather risk here at some point. Um, I guess I'd hope to think that we could get some recovery. I am not particularly friendly, however, as you know from when we've been visiting over the last several weeks. Uh, but you know, maybe you can get the November beans at least initially back to nine seventy, uh, uh, and I would look to be a seller there. Uh, but uh, maybe we can get a bounce out of here as oversold as the market is right now. And we can assume that this afternoon's report is going to show the crop completely planted for soybeans i would in effect i think yes uh thinking maybe a slight deterioration in the corn ratings which is normal uh maybe the 76 maybe a slight uh a drop in the bean acres but i don't expect anything wild there uh so i, I wouldn't expect anything with a lot of drama today let's look at that corn export numbers weekly export inspections were considered to be strong for today yes ma'am and uh you know usage has been uh good from a corn sector you know like we've talked about the fundamentals for the corn continue to be better than they are for the beans we've had great usage from better than expected uh, uh, exports uh, uh, with that big spike up in the crude oil the the industrial or ethanol use is very very good and look at all the cattle and hogs we got on feed so obviously feed usage has been very good so we've got a great usage situation going on the corn thankfully that's taken the edge off of it but that hasn't kept the market from breaking all the way back to where this last rally started some selling opportunities going on right now for corn possibly uh, you know if i was an end user and as a cattle feeder i am i would maybe take a look at the other side of the market um 50 cents sell off still a lot of risk to go here um uh i 
I'd rather buy the corn than sell it, uh, particularly if I, I had a hedge need to buy it. Um, otherwise, selling it, I would want to try to wait for something back uh, near the $4 level on the December corn. And as we wrap up here, I know that you were talking some decent rains in your neck of the woods where it had been dry earlier. Yeah, it's, it's real hit and miss. You know, I told you I had... Uh, well, we had I had 3.4 inches of rain this morning or through the night, um, but there was a lot of general nice rain. You know, that's plenty really, but there was a lot of that you know inch inch and a half stuff around. Uh, real nice general rain. Uh, crops here look very very good. Uh, there's been a few places where we've had too much rain, uh, but for the most part, up in Northwest Iowa, crops are really coming on. Best way for folks to reach you, Brad, to talk more markets. 800-358-3047. Well, thanks so much, Brad. Of course, Brad Coima has been joining us. He is with Coima and KMIG out of Sioux Center, Iowa. All the comments you've heard today from Brad will be up in a podcast later this afternoon, which can be downloaded at your earliest convenience to listen once again. It'll also be uploaded through our websites. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle and all your local Fontenelle dealers on the Rural Radio Network. Rural Radio Network.